Friday. I am uh, Dr. Mizzy Hood. Welcome to the 15 Minute Rev. You know, sometimes I think that we are actually in this place. I cut it off too fast. I don't know why I did that. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Hope everybody's doing okay. I don't care if I don't get any views right now. <laughs> you guys can catch the replay. Hope you guys are doing okay. Hey, Sonia, good to see you. You know, I didn't anticipate to see anybody on this afternoon, but I'm happy to see you. It's because I got on late and because I actually just felt like, you know, everybody's on overload right now. I don't think I've ever felt like the body of Christ is more on overload. And I want to encourage you to stay with the task that God has given you. I know it seems like a lot. I know you feel exhausted. Hey, Cynthia, how are you doing? So it's good to see everybody this afternoon. I'm glad to see you guys on Facebook. Good to see you guys. Loading up never fails. It's amazing. So it's good to see you guys. Um, I guess everybody's not often starting their Friday afternoon like I thought. <laughs> I'm trying to get there. Hopefully you got plans for dinner. I've got plans for dinner. We're going to go do something fun. But yeah, I uh, I feel like everybody is on the overload right now. And the Lord was showing me that before I got on today because I don't expect a whole lot of people. And I'm totally fine with that. I feel like everybody's just trying to gather uh, their their strength that they have. And they're trying to stay on task because of the job that we have ahead of us. Hey, Jacqueline, how are you? Good afternoon to you. So I feel like, you know, everybody, especially intercessors and, fa and uh, front runners, if, if if you're on this site, it's for intercessors and front runners. And so we're here to help you try to navigate through, you know, all the seasons of God's heart and to try to help you navigate through the seasons that are going on around us in the natural. And so, but yeah, right now we're in a hard season. We're in a really hard season and we know what that is. We know why we don't have to get into all the specifics of it, but I'm going to encourage you because I just had something really prophetic happen to me. And I'm going to share with you what just happened to me in a second. But this is the 15 minute ref. This is what the message is for today. It's called 15 minute ref words, 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 watch your words, the toilet dwellers, and then fly hummingbirds fly. You little intercessors are hummingbirds. Did you know that? And I was just sitting here like getting my notes together and stuff like that for the 15 minute rev. And I had this beautiful little hummingbird coming fly in front of my window. And I thought, oh, I know that's prophetic. That is so prophetic. And I'm going to get into that here in a second too, because that's really who you guys are in this season. You intercessors, you front runners, that's who God has made you to be to help the nation stay on task, to help us keep praying this thing on through to the end. God knows you're tired, but I'm going to tell you something. God made you. He knew you before the foundations of the earth, <clears throat> of the world. And if God made you, he equipped you. He equipped you. He qualified you to do what you're doing right now. If he didn't think that you were up to the task that you're currently standing in, you wouldn't be doing it. You wouldn't be doing it. He wouldn't be sustaining you. Acts 539, if somebody, if something, a ministry is of God, he sustains it. You're fighting people that come at you are fighting God, not you. The enemy around you is fighting God, not you. So don't look at what you see with your eyes because your eyes are going to fail you. If you start looking in the natural, you keep your eyes honed in on the spirit of God right now. Don't lose your focus intercessor. Don't lose your focus. Stay on task. Stay on task because we have a lot of messed up people right now who proclaim and say, Lord, Lord, and they're the ones going to get the end result of that statement because we're finding out who people really are in this hour. They can't help but be who they are. We've gone through C2. We're entering into C3 right now. You're heading towards the head of the year. And we're finding out what's in people's hearts. 
And it's going to get even more so as we move throughout January. <clears throat> You're going to see people really show up and be who they are. They're already doing it. They can't help but be what's in their heart. So the spirit that's flowing out of their heart is on their tongue. It's either the spirit of life or it's the spirit of death. It's whatever spirit you submit to is the spirit that flows through you. You can't serve two masters. You can't say, Lord, Lord, one minute and act like you're God's child and then act like hell the next thinking people aren't going to notice or call you out on it. You can't act like that. So I know that people don't want to hear the truth about things. We all we live in that time too. People don't want to know the truth. They don't want to know truth. They get offended by the truth. <clears throat> Your very presence, if you're operating in the Lord, offends people because you're operating in righteousness. You're operating in truth. So if you're finding yourself in relationships around you where people are getting bent out of shape and they're always trying to pick you apart or always trying to find something wrong with you because that's what's in their heart. They can't help but be a toilet dweller. We're going to get into it for what it is. Call it what it is. And you become who you hang around. I don't know about you, but I think it's time to flush the toilet. Get some of these people out of your atmosphere. So let's move in. What's hitting you right now? Witchcraft. You didn't know it. we're coming off of a full moon the past three days. That's another indicator that people are going to be acting kind of crazy. I, I went through to get coffee this morning with a young lady waiting on me. She said, what's up? What's up with the atmosphere? And she was all, all upset. What's up? She goes, I'm into astrology and I don't know what's going on with people are crazy. And I'm like, I was listening to her thinking to myself, well, I go, well, we kind of had a full moon last night. We had one for the last three days, actually. Because I'm serious. Because I'm into, we, I, I count the stars. And I'm like, well, you're counting. You're looking at the wrong star. First of all, you're looking at the wrong star. You need to be looking at the bright and shining star. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Because if you know Jesus, then you know he's the only true and living God. And he's the brightest star. He's not going to lead you astray. He's not going to be acting crazy around you. He's going to calm your storm. And I started getting in this little mini preach. And I thought, I need to back this truck up real quick so I don't overwhelm this little girl. But I told her about it. I told her about the Lord. And so I was sitting there thinking to myself, I said, you know God, right? You know God? I said, because that all, that, that, all that other stuff's not going to get you there. <laughs> That's not going to get you there. And she's like, well, and then she kind of said, well, I got to go make some other coffees right now. Okay, that's good. <laughs> that's good. I'll catch you the next drafter. I'll be waiting. <laughs> I'll be here talking about my Lord. So anyway, okay, so there we go. That's what's going on right now. Lord's saying, if people are acting like their truest sense of self, <clears throat> it's because everybody's on emotional overload. Everybody's on emotional overload. And the things are not impossible, intercessor. You can do this. <clears throat> you can do this. But, you know, I don't want to get in talking about the enemy. Let's talk about some good stuff. Let's talk about the hummingbird. I, I did see a hummingbird outside my window a while ago, and I had to ask, ask the Lord immediately, what does that mean? What does that mean? And I believe that, again, the hummingbirds are the true intercessors in this hour helping to rebuild America. That's what God's showing me. They're, you're here to help rebuild America. And praying her back into all truth. Pardon me. And you'd be proud of me too, by the way. I'm, I'm going Tuesday to get my allergies taken care of. I'm trying a new product called Curic. Called Curic, if you've never heard of it. <clears throat> it's better than an allergy shot, they said. But maybe all this will be gone by the next time we talk. But in this hour, the Lord's saying, watch out. When God's 
presence and his truth comes near us, judgment comes in and the crap begins to rise to the surface on people. They can't help but be who they are. I'm getting serious now. Because God's presence forces or pressurizes all the nastiness in people to reveal who they truly are. These are what I refer to as the toilet dwellers. I'm being honest. I'm not going to cut. I'm just, I'm just going to say what he told me to say. So you see people, you know, you, people can only give a facade for so long. <clears throat> you can only wear your mask for so long if you're not being authentic, if you're not being true to yourself. Hey, Bill. And so eventually, though, your sin will find you out. That's what God promises. It's in his word. It's a spiritual law. So we have to be either working with God then as his body and allowing him to free us of our heart conditions or we stay where we're at and we get what we get. That's what we're seeing happen right now. And we have a lot of people right now that they resent people that are trying to say, hey, you need deliverance. Hey, you might want to consider getting free from that. Because if you don't, it's affecting a whole lot of people around you. And I'd be even willing to bet, I'd be willing to bet that people in your own atmosphere want you to change. <laughs> That's a nice way of saying that. That's the best way I know how to say that. But sincerely, God's trying to get us to align with him right now. Alignment brings righteousness. Righteousness brings blessing. Okay, things go well for you if you're aligned with the king. And so God's saying right now, we're going to see who people really are. But the, did you know, let's go back to the hummingbird for a second. So I'm going to tell you about you little intercessors about who you are. This is going to really encourage you. But do you know that a hummingbird's wings move at about 50 beats per second? Per second. I can't even walk that fast to the next room. I don't know about you. I can't. But I was like mesmerized by this little bird outside of my window. And, and But when they fly, when they fly, hummingbirds can appear completely motionless. And they truly are a miracle of fitness and form. And if you didn't know this, God made these little creatures to be a delicate display or a paradox that they are still but active at the same time. Now, let me go deeper into this for you intercessors, because this is you. This is you. This is all of us right now who are praying. These little birds are a moving metaphor the kind of trust that God outlines in Isaiah 30, 15. Hi, Caroline. And he says in Isaiah 30, 15, he said, you will be delivered by returning and resting. Your strength will lie in quiet confidence. And when you think about that, you think about God's grace at play in your own life. When our most successful moments happen, when we hold steady at the center. God's telling you intercessors out there, hold steady at the center. Because confidence is not found in productivity. It's found in quietness of heart. Did you notice that? Do you know that? So we're not measured basically by our own success. We're simply called to faithfully rely upon God for the outcome of our efforts. It's not you that does the miracle. It's not your words that do the miracle. It's his word. It's him, him. He's the one using you as an instrument. Okay. We're going to get into that here in a second, but we're just called to simply and faithfully rely upon God for the outcome of our efforts. And such is the confidence we have through Christ before God. So it's not that we are 
competent in ourselves to claim anything is coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God based on second Corinthians three, four through five. And so the Lord's saying, whatever you do, do not stop praying with the same fervor as your enemy is operating in right now. Do not until you get the release. And that may be after November. It might be a little later. But don't stop praying because if you stop praying, the Lord says you give up everything. You give up everything. And so the Lord is, I really, really believe that goes back to our first part of the conversation when the Lord was saying, I equipped you. I've known you before the foundations of the world. I built you. I built you with things that you didn't even know you had. I equipped you. I called you for service. I've called whom I call. I qualify. And the Lord says, I know what you can handle. It's kind of like driving an old 57 Chevy and, and you come to a stoplight and someone wants to race you or something crazy. I don't know. And, and they rev up their engines kind of like, and you're thinking to yourself, do I have it? Do I have what it takes to race this person? Should I be doing this kind of stuff? And you have to think to yourself, do I want to do these kind of things? Well, sure you do, because if you like speed, then you like to do stuff like that. So, but you hit the pedal and you put the pedal to the metal and you, you get that thing going and maybe starts shimmying a little bit, but you know, it's faithful. You know, it's faithful and you know that it's not you carrying you to where you want to go. It's the vehicle you're driving in, you're riding in. So God is the one under your hood right now, and he's the one giving you the words that you need and the strength that you need to get going where you want to go. So it's not you that's ha that has to make it happen. It's him. And all it takes is for you to believe between point A and point Z that point Z is already done. It's finished. Finet. Finet. It's done. He said he'd called it done. It's done. All you got to do is believe between point A and point C. Just keep believing the best of a holy God. Keep calling it done. Keep speaking the word when you feel negative uh, emotions from other people or negative comments. And don't let yourself say the negative stuff. Cancel those out. Only speak the word if you don't know anything else to speak because your emotions are going to try to sneak in there. But if you can't speak truth, if you can't speak God's word, which is alive, because your words don't carry and change anything, don't say anything. If you can't speak God's word, don't say anything. Don't react to your emotions. Don't say anything. Speak the word only. Okay? Speak the word only. That's the way to get in results. And the Lord says again, don't stop praying. And so, you know, it's interesting because this takes me to the point at play <clears throat> where two nights ago, the Lord woke me up at 3.30 in the morning. And he began to talk to me about how the devil lost his power. And... If you know anything about the enemy, we've heard it a million times. I don't know about you. We've heard the enemy was made by God. Angels are made by God. They're created beings. Man was made in God's image. Let me see if I can get this right. Um, and God breathed his life into us, but he didn't breathe it into the angels. They were created already, but they're created to serve at the pleasure of the king. They were supposed to be serving at the king's pleasure. But all of us have free will. Angels have free will. We have free will. And so, but our God's breath only rests in us, we were given a soul. The angels were not. Okay. So the Lord was telling me that you and I were created to be instruments of heaven. And actually, so were the angels. Instruments of heaven. They're supposed to be vessels for God to flow through. To put his breath on. We're supposed, not them, us. We're supposed to be vessels that he puts his breath on. 
only to be used for godly purposes. This is what God was explaining to me. But when we fall prey, P-R-E-Y, to evil spirits on our tongues, we place ourselves into God's crosshairs. Meaning we decide to do our own thing. This is what happened to Satan. He decided to do his own thing. And, and it's different for angels because they were created by God, but not breathed into by God like he did for man, which means God made man a spirit. Your spirit, the devil's a spirit, God's a spirit, a spirit, a body without a spirit is dead. You ever heard that? So both man again and angels have free will to work with God's spirit or apart from him. We saw that with Satan. It's what got Satan in trouble in heaven when he decided it is an instrument, instrument of God, which, by the way, God gave as a gift to him to represent heaven, like he's given you as a gift into the earth to represent him in the earth. But Satan got in trouble when he decided to do his own thing, apart from God, which caused a rebellion. We've all heard that. It happened because of pride, because pride goes before a fall. Where am I taking you with this? The title is called Words, Words, Words. Listen to me. Listen to me. We're in a place right now in the Lord where I believe we're learning how to hear the word of the Lord. John 5, 19, where Jesus only spoke what he heard his father say. All it takes is one word from God to change his thing, to bring a miracle. One word. It can be a scripture. It can be a prophetic word. It can be an audible word that you hear. All it takes is one word. And we're seeing that in our prayer teams right now. We're seeing it majorly because we're seeing God show up and we don't know which way he's going to flow from one day to the next. We don't know. We're just listening all the time and flowing with him when he shows up. Pardon me. He's, he's flowing and showing up and he never fails. The enemy will start trying to come in like a flood and God will bring one word, which bust open all of heaven. Never fails. Never fails. That's the place he wants all intercessors to get to. And I'm not saying that we've got it all figured out. But everybody's got their own way that God uses their own prayer teams and whatnot. And so you do what God tells you to do. But I'm telling you, the, the premise of having only one word from God is all you need. That's all you need. One word. That's why you need to be seeking him day and night. You need to be seeking him in your quiet time with him daily to cultivate that relationship with him, to make sure you're flowing and you're aligned with him. But staying right in alignment with you doing God's thing instead of you getting into doing your own thing. Because if you get into your flesh, like Satan, you're going to start doing your own thing. Let's go farther into this and find out what he said. But he said, what does this have to do with your words? It has to do with your words because our words are good indicators about what spirit is flowing off of our breath, off of our tongue. Hmm. So Jesus stated that he only said what he heard his father saying, John 5, 19. So when we get puffed up in our gifts that God has given us, it's easy for us to forget who is actually flowing through us. When you build your identity in your gifts, your gifts are not your identity. I have to tell our team members this. Your gifts are not your identity. It's a tool. Those are tools that God has given you to use at the pleasure of the king. So, but when we do this, we as mankind can open ourselves up for other spirits to flow on our tongues with. 
you open the gate. And they're always looking for it. They're always looking for an inroad. To use a real living vessel to flow through. Satan lost his vessel. He's always, his whole, all the fallen angels are always looking for a vessel to flow through, to speak through. They want to be a speaking spirit again. But they can't do it without your permission. And so those demons are sent in to purposefully cause us to fail or to fall. Did you know that? It's an assignment usually. If you're effective for God, oh, you're a target. You're a prime target. The enemy's trying to come in to get you to fall. That's why you got to think about what you're thinking about. And you got to take your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ, casting down every high thing that exalts itself above the throne of God. But nobody explains what the high things are. The high things are the demons trying to lift their voice up above the Lord's in your life. God sits on the throne of your heart, hopefully, Jesus. So if the Lord is the ruler of your heart and you're seated beside him in heavenly places, then you're only saying what you hear him say. You don't have permission otherwise. We don't have permission to say any other thing that's in our flesh, anything that our emotions may drive us to want to say. We only say what we hear him say. And you'll know that unction. He said, my sheep know my voice and they only follow after me. So we're only saying what the king says. If you want a breakthrough, if you want your prayers answered, you're only going to say what you hear him say. Because everything else is flesh driven. And God says, if I didn't speak it, they have to fall to the ground. In the courts of heaven or not. If you're operating in the courts. That's, and that's another thing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Can I go there? Thank you. Um, we have a lot of people. You know, it's interesting to me how the body of Christ, everybody always wants to be cutting edge. I mean, it's like, do you understand what people go through when they're out on the cutting edge or so to speak? I don't even know what to, what to call that. Or in front, what they go through. People take so much warfare. Rome runners take so much warfare. Is with first to get to the battle and with the last to leave. Especially those of us now in this hour that are called to help bring the glory and the love back. Oh God, the, the devil hates us. The devil on people hate us. He hates us. What, do you really think he wants the, the body of Christ coming out from underneath this apparatus of religion and sin and death into the glory, into God's love? Oh gosh, no. No. So he's trying to destroy any opportunity that People may have to hear the truth to actually get free. To know what God would have them do in order to step into this new place of his spirit. In order to come in with a heart like David to develop kingdom. The enemy does not want God's kingdom in the earth. And he's willing to take you out to keep it from happening. So, people who get mad at you for speaking the truth or your, your, your truth rubs them the wrong way. They're not ready to hear about kingdom yet. They're not there yet. They're not mature yet. They haven't gotten enough deliverance yet. So it's nothing personal, but they're also open to any other spirit because of their reluctance to operate and abide in truth. So they're opening themselves up for failure until they comply. That just came out of my spirit. So I'm just going to go with that. So there we go. So the enemy's coming in though, to set you up in this hour. He wants you to fail. He wants you to fail because he wants you to speak and be a spokesman for him. The enemy wants you to be a spokesman for him. He wants you to help him create his kingdom in the earth instead of being a co-creator with Christ. So he uses every vessel that he can find that's open to him to come attack you 
that you get so discouraged that you will not finish the task that's laid before you. He does not want you finishing what God has called you to do. It'll make you feel rejected. Let me see what else he's, uh, he's coming us with. He's, he'll make you feel rejected. He'll try to make you feel isolated. He'll try to, he'll try to convince you that you're not capable or that you're not big enough. You know, all it takes is a few good men and women to do what God's telling them to do. That's all. Gideon started off, I think, with, what, 20,000? He ended up with 300? You good men and women. Pure hearted people. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And so it's all boiling down to the tongue then. It's all boiling down to the tongue. The tongue has the power to speak life or death. But why is that? Have you thought about that? Because the spirit that we submit to is the spirit that flows through you. It's on our tongues. The spirit of life or the spirit of death. And we all know who represents the spirit of death, right? You said that, Satan. But did you know the Hebrew word for breath is nashama? N-A-S-H-A-M-A-H, which is often translated as breath or spirit. And it's reflected in Proverbs 18.21 that states life and death are in the power of the tongue. Now check this out. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat its fruits. Now let's, let's expound on that really. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. The tongue has power then. So whichever spirit you love, whichever spirit you submit to or that you like the most, Whichever spirit has the most of a stream, has the big stream in you, out of the heart flow, the issues of living water, whose spirit is alive in you? Whose stream is the biggest? Is it God's or is it the devil? But they that love it shall eat the fruits thereof. Have you ever wondered why your life doesn't change? Have you ever wondered why things don't go well for you if things haven't been going well for you? Could it be because you're partnered with the wrong spirit? Could that be? And so then we go into Proverbs 4.23, where it states, God calls us to guard our heart with all diligence above all else, because it's the source of life. Your heart is the source of life. But who owns your heart? A lot of people think they're in good standing with God, but they have no idea and I think I saw it through Jesse Duplantis. I want to read this. Oh, my gosh. God bless Jesse Duplantis. Mr. and Miss Duplantis. God love you both. I mean that sincerely. They're wonderful people. But he posted something yesterday that I want to read because it's a beautiful depiction of the heart. Of someone that thinks they're serving God. And then we see all around the truth will find you out. Your sin will find you out. Jezebel called herself a prophetess when she was a witch. Your title means absolutely nothing at all if you function like the devil. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And a lot of people are going, oh, I'm this and I'm that. And then you act like hell behind the scenes and you treat people like crap. And you wonder why things don't go well for you. Because what's inside you is being reflected on the outside of you. And when people try to call you out, you buck the truth and you wonder why. Things don't go well because you're in rebellion towards God. You don't even have a relationship with God if you're operating in that spirit. That's the front runner for the Antichrist. You know that? The, the gatekeeper for Jezebel is the spirit of bitterness. What that tells me is that that person that operates in the Jezebelian spirit didn't get better with God. They got bitter. 
That's what happens. Bitterness is the gatekeeper that lets that spirit in. And it's strategically sent in to pollute entire people groups, to pollute a population. And the higher that spirit goes, the more people it can take away with it. It can steal those souls. Me and people are going to come to the Lord and say, Lord, Lord, depart from me. I don't know you. I don't know you, says the Lord. You function like the devil. You're his child. You're not mine. So we're seeing these truths come up now in society. We've never walked where we're walking now. You have to admit that. The body has never been where we're walking right now. And everybody's still kind of lollygagging and thinking that everything's okay with me. I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. Did you ever see that, 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 that cat t-shirt that was hilariously funny? Actually, I, I bought it the other day. It's absolutely funny. And, and let me see if I can find it here because I really like it. I'm hoping I saved it. All gone. All gone. But it says... It's fine. It has this cat and his eyes are all bug-eyed and he looks like he's just gone through a hairdryer or maybe blown up. He's been blown up. But it's, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. It's all fine. Have you ever done that to yourself? I'm fine. It's fine. I'm fine. But your whole world's blown up around you. It's fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And you don't know how to get your life back together again? Because you're operating in the wrong spirit. You've submitted yourself to all these demonic spirits and and everything's blowing up around you. And until you submit yourself to a holy God, can he put your life back in order again? He's a God of order. When God comes on the scene, everything starts coming into order. And so that brings us in right now to the rebuilding process, repairing. Nehemiah 3, 15 through 5, 13. We're doing really good on time. But we're in the process right now of God repairing things. He's repairing our hearts. He's repairing our thinking. He's repairing the church. He's Preparing our country. He's bringing us back to himself for those people who will listen. And so we're having a hard time. I'm seeing people have a hard time with this thing, but I'm also seeing the good news of this. I'm seeing a lot of people start to listen to the truth and they're starting to take notice that the mess our country's in, the mess society's in. And they're like, there's something really wrong with this. Yeah. Yeah. They got away from love. They got away from the true and living God. They got away from truth. So it's going to take a standard bearer, a set of standard bearers, people serving at the pleasure of the king with the gift of love, front runners. I'm not saying it's all about front runners, but they, they are. They're front runners with the new move of God trying to bring you back to the glory, back to the love, who are telling hardcore truth. We're speaking hardcore truth to people, trying to get you to listen, saying, hey, this is the way walking in it. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's go over here. And it's hurtful sometimes because the truth hurts, but the truth will also set you free. It'll set you free, free to be, but it'll help you land safely. You'll land safely in kingdom if you're following hard after him and, and you're able to accept correction. When God puts his fingers on things, he said, hey, that's not my kingdom. That's not me. That's not me. I'm sorry. I want you to change a few things here. Let's course correct. And it's not mean spirited for people to do that to you. And I think. Uh, the problem is that we have we have so many people who are out of balance. They're either, they're either too out of balance and they're angry with the way things have been or they're too mercy-oriented oriented, and they don't do a thing. Nothing changes. Everything is just stays out of balance. And you've got to find yourself coming back to front and center in the middle. You've got to get balanced in Christ. You have to. Yes, it does make you angry when things are not righteous. When truth is not being told, people aren't living in the truth. There's no justice, but it makes you equally as angry when you see people doing nothing. People doing absolutely nothing. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can. Oh, 
I don't know. Shut up and sit down, both of you. You're both out of balance. It's driving me crazy. No offense. But God's doing a repairing process right now. He's fortifying. He's coming back in. And there's a place, the Lord wants you to know in this season, there's a place of ministry for everybody that has a mind for kingdom work. Because God has called us all to go and spread the good news. It's all hands on deck, man. It is right now. It's what this is calling for. And it's just that so many in this hour have gotten so caught up in their own pride that they forget that it's God doing the work and not them. This is not an hour of being a lone island and of yourself. That's, this is not that time anymore. We've moved well beyond that. We're well beyond that scope. Um, and the God is saying that if you can get beyond yourself, and quit being alone, not alone in and of yourself and thinking that you're still going to be a platform in and of yourself. If you even know me at all, Lord's saying, because this is the same thing that happened in Nehemiah's day where Nehemiah had to talk to a group full of people and he was constantly being thwarted by people always wanting to do their own thing. He was thwarted by the Kings. He, who was it? It was Sambalat, Tobiah, King Tobiah, trying to tell him, you can't do this. And then he was dealing with the people who was trying to get to work as a team on the sidelines. And he was trying to encourage them and convince them. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. God has called you to do this. See, God is not taking people that want to do their own thing in this hour. Because we know what spirit they're operating in. And we know we can't count on them to say only what they're hearing their father saying. Because they're too busy being self-focused. And they want their own agenda. They want their own heart's desire instead of his desire. So God is saying, I'm going to use people who aren't caught up in all that. And I'm just going to use the humble and we're going to lift them up for such a time as this. And we're going to put them to work. We're going to get them and teach them how to work as a team. And we're going to teach them how to love each other. Like a family does like a family who operates in kingdom where we realize love is others oriented, where we start getting people moving and shaking like a fine tuned engine and boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom. And people, the pistons start running under the hood. You start realizing who's running the engine. And all you are is a rider in the car at the starting line. See where I'm going with that? And you've got, God says, when I tell you to hit the gas pedal, put the metal, put the pedal to the metal. Boom, shoom, down the finish line. That's what God's using some of you to do right now. Trying to get you on board. But a lot of people are getting in the way of this. And just like in Nehemiah's day, he was constantly thwarted by evildoers because what the evildoers didn't know apparently was that everything they were trying to do, everything they thought they were accomplishing, everything that they thought they knew about God, God is starting to prove them wrong right now. He's proved them wrong then. He's proving them wrong now. And what they didn't know then, it's like they didn't know now, is that if they let evil rest on their tongue, they're going to reap what they sow. Because now the presence of God is drawing near to our vessels. So we're getting what we're saying Fast, very, very fast. We're getting it back fast. We're getting it to the point, the, the finish line fast. So God is near. God is near our vessel. So that's what God is saying. Words, words, words. Watch your words. Watch your words. Watch your words. And so basically what the Lord is doing is getting us back to the basics of love. And he's getting back to love where we're beginning to operate and align with his laws then we can learn to build kingdom effectively. What does that mean for you? That means that when you understand kingdom, you realize that there are laws that undergird the kingdom. So you align with the truth about who God says he is so that you don't get misaligned with his laws or you don't get backlash. 
So you only say what you hear your father saying, John 5, 19. That starts to align you. Not speaking unless you have something to say, if at all. Sometimes I'll have nothing to say. I'll be in a room full of people have nothing to say. And, and I'm glad for that because I'm always on here. Sometimes I just want to be quiet. But this is an hour where God is bringing in the outsiders to help us while there are a few that always end up doing extra work. Significant thing to notice about people that are helping build kingdom in this hour. Significantly. And he said, and, and he doesn't want you to get uh, discouraged when you see it. Because there's always that 20% that do feel like they do all the work. They do all the work. And it's always been that way. It's not supposed to be that way, but it's always been that way. And then there are those that maybe need some uh, encouragement as to seeing what their gifts are to saying, hey, you can do this. Come on, you can do this. I'm so proud of you. And, da, 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 da. And, and you encourage them to get involved in the building process and you show them what their gifts are and you show them how to use and be used by God as a holy vessel. And that's not a big deal at all. That's just, you know, training. But then there are those who want everybody else to do all the work for them. What do you do with those? I, I have choice words for those. <laughs> I don't think they're appropriate on here, but I'll say it to the point. Let, let the, don't let the Lord, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say, because it's, there's no room for that in this hour. There's just not every man has got to, every woman's got to take care of their own walk. You've got to walk your own walk. No one can walk your walk for you. And there's not going to be any room for the limelighters or those demanding to be center of attention. That's not what God's into this hour. That's like a 10-year-old mentality. God's coming back for a full, mature bride. He's looking for a full, mature bride. So God's in the process of rebuilding America. And we're seeing people groups, ethnic groups come together in love, hopefully, so that all will see how God does things. And it's not just about one certain people group or about, you know, how you like to do things. It's about teamwork. And it's about how teamwork makes the dream work. And so moving us on. There's always going to be those who do more than the others. So we're moving us on. This also stands for leaders. It stands for sheep who are doing the right thing. And the Lord's saying, when the enemy tries to come in against you in this hour to mock you, because he did it to Nehemiah, he's going to do it to you. He's already been doing it. But they're doing it to try to make you feel like your work is unimportant or that you're too weak or unqualified to do it. You're always going to have those people operating, those demonic entities. Remember, it's all the time. It's whatever spirit you submit to is the spirit that flows through you. Okay, so we're seeing who's who. And, and the Lord is telling you, he goes, you know, whom I call, I qualify. He's making you remember that. <laughs> that was delicate. <laughs> I'm so sorry. There you go. I can't help but be me. I'm just going to be me, y'all. So what the Lord is saying in this hour, though, in other words, if the devil can't get you to stop, if he can't use other tongues to get you to stop, it, it, he will try to make you stop. If you remember anything about Nehemiah's story, Sambalat and Tobias came in, or Tobiah came in, and they said, you know, we're going to attack. If you don't stop, we're going to attack. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, Sylvia Cole, how are you doing? So he said, we're going to attack. They're going to try to make you afraid to finish. You cannot stop. No matter the cost, you've got to press through your exhaustion. You've got to press through all the negativity. You've got to press through all the negative demonic thoughts and emotions that you may have. And you don't need to be speaking them. You're only saying what you hear your father saying. 
So this is going to be an hour now where you're not, you're going to learn to discipline yourself, not to say too much, except for what you hear God say. And, and also to pick, I'm going to invite you to pick your favorite scripture. I don't care if it pertains to the circumstance or not. I, I did this at one time just to train my mind because training the mind to only say what you hear your father saying is really, really hard. And to respond in, in a scripture is, is hard. It's hard. But you pick your favorite scripture. Mine is Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways. Acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. So I was doing this. That's my mom's favorite scripture, by the way. And so when my I was trying to teach myself and retrain my mind that whenever I'd get into my emotions, I'd speak this scripture out. And it would be at the most inopportune moments. And she's like, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> she'd look at me when I said it. She'd be like, what does that have to do with anything? And, and she goes, why did you just say that scripture? She goes, that's my favorite scripture. And I said, because I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to refocus mom. I'm trying to teach my brain how to do something. And so, but that's really how you have to do it. That's really how you have to do it. I mean, you pick your scripture. It doesn't have to be that one. Pick a scripture, but speak that. Make yourself say that instead of the negative emotion. Next time someone flips you the bird driving, speak that. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your understanding, but in all of his ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. God knows at that moment you probably need it. That's a good place to start. Okay, so let's move on. Okay, so now we have these people that are acting like this, and we're trying to maneuver on, we're trying to rebuild, and it happened in Nehemiah's day, and, and then we're seeing this happen now because I think it's kind of, People are trying to wrap their head around it, why people would behave like this in the body. But, you know, why would you suppose that if people are acting like hell in the body and trying to come at you, trying to get you to quit, trying to get you to be sabotaged or whatever it is, why do you suppose believers or even leaders want to make other believers think that their work for Christ is of no good? You ever thought about that? Why would you, why would they do that? Have you ever thought about that? Could they be serving two masters? Did you think that? I mean, could they be serving two masters? I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's the truth. That's how my life works. So there you go. But why would they be doing that? Why would these sheep, why would these supposed sheep want you to quit doing the Lord's work? Why? Um, unless they don't know God or are serving another master or only serve him as a decoy or a distraction for those truly trying to build kingdom. Maybe, maybe, maybe. It could be like Sam Ballot, Tobiah. You know, they come in and they, they have leadership positions or what have you. I'm not going to pick on leaders, but this is what's happening right now. We have so many people who are islands in and of themselves. They've totally gotten left behind because the season's changed. The season's changed right now, and God is building teams. He's building uh, the teamwork, the heart work of, the, of a grouping, of a family of God, trying to get us to quit looking and being so self-sufficient, so independently minded, that we think it's only about this, or it's only about you, or it's only about one person or this person. No, it's about everybody joining the task, everybody helping build the kingdom right now. It's about people joining in with God so that love can come back in. Because when people draw together in unity, God is there. And so we're seeing this happen to so many people in this hour, and a lot of people are getting left behind for lack of obedience. That's what's happening. That's what's really driving that if you want to know the case or the truth behind that, because I've told people that as we go through C2, C3, C, if I can talk, C2 is the part of God's heart where we have witchcraft hitting us and then we have Holy Ghost fire hitting us. And 
contingent upon what you submit yourself to during that testing season. Remember the whole time you were in C2, God is telling you, this is what's happening. This is what's happening to you. So choose, you make a choice every time about what spirit you're going to submit to. And the, the more you give in to your flesh, which is witchcraft, that's the more of the heart you develop. You develop a heart of flesh instead of a heart of the spirit. And out of the heart flow, the issues of life. So you start submitting to a demonic entity. You start going further away from love. That's why it's so important to understand the seasons of God's heart. And I know this sounds, you know, kind of new to some of you. If you're not familiar with Ezekiel's will, that's what we teach you how to do is to move through the seasons of God's heart, to move in time with God, being sons and daughters of Issachar, knowing the signs and the times. But really, uh, because your times are in God's hands, Psalms 31, 5. You know that. So the enemy tries to get you out of timing, but God's sake, I've got you. I've got you. I've got you. Got you. Okay, so let's stay in task here. So, but he's trying to keep us in line with him so we don't get left behind because God's moving is a cloud by day, pillar fire by night, but it's all about the heart condition. And we're finding out in this hour that people's heart conditions are finding them out as the spirit of death flows on their tongues. Why do you think so many people are speaking death over other people and they're praying witchcraft prayers over people and they're thinking God's not taking notice. Let's move on. And Lord's saying for you kingdom workers, you true kingdom workers, don't ever forget that it's the greatness of God that we do what we do, not for man or for self, but only for him. Don't get caught up in Tobiah or Sam Ballot. Don't get caught up in those types of mentalities. Don't get caught up in that spirit. Don't, don't pay attention to them right now. You keep your focus on me, says the Lord. You keep your focus on me, hummingbird. You keep your focus on me, intercessor. So that all men might come unto me through you. Because God says, how will you know my people? By my love. And it's not wrong for people to call people out in truth and say, that's not God. That's not God. That's not God. That's what's happening with the true prophets and sour. They're calling people out. So that is a worthy cause when you serve the Lord and you offer, you operate in true nobility and God's saying, so let the haters all hate. So this is what the devil does. He hates and he still does hate everyone. He hates you because you're made in God's image. So the Lord says, you just keep your, your cheery little hiney serving God. You just serve the Lord. Serve him. Slap a smile on your face and go. So this is where we're at. We're moving into first Corinthians seven, 25 through 40. And some of you, you know, we have, we have big callings. And so right now, you know, you're asking people for things. I'm not going to get too far into this. I want to get into the next part, really, because we're running out of time. But I know a lot of you have been asking God for some big, big things. And some of you feel like, well, oh, God, I'm getting kind of old. Should I even be asking that? And, and, and you're kind of feeling like, you know, why, if it's, if it's this late in the ballgame, should I? really even be focused on this or that, you know, man, too old to serve you like this, Lord, blah, blah, blah. Put that to the side. That's not God. You're never too old to be blessed. You're never too old to have what you've asked God for. I know a lot of single people have asked the Lord for marriage. Never too old. Never too old. God says, if you seek me first, you'll have the desires of your heart. And so the Lord's saying, keep your focus on me. Don't. And I think it was Doug Addison, actually. He gave the best uh, prophetic word the other day. He said, don't break down before your breakthrough comes. Don't break down before the breakthrough. Keep your eyes on Christ. 
which brings me to how you stay aligned based on Psalms 32, 1 through 11. I'm not going too far into that one, the last section, because in this particular uh, 15-minute rev, I know that the, we were, it was talking about in the Word of God <clears throat> about singles. And I don't want to get into talk about marriage and all that kind of stuff. That's between you and God. But that's a heart's desire, but that, that could also pertain to anything you're asking God for in this hour, not to lose your focus about. Because God says, if you seek ye first the kingdom, that's why you need to be learning to be a kingdom builder. He'll give you the desires of your heart. But you've got to come into alignment first, and you've got to be willing to deal with the sins of your heart so that you can even come into alignment, which brings us to Psalms 32, 1 through 11. As we wrap this up today, and it says, you know what happens to people when they refuse to confess their sins? This is what we're seeing right now, too. We're seeing, you know, this because it happened to David. David was the king. He was the king, and he lost focus. He lost focus. You know what happens when you lose focus? You, your spirit and your faith starts waning. It starts drifting, and you start losing spiritual eyesight of the blessing and the thing that you're asking God for. And so what happens when you have unconfessed sins which is what happened in the psalm because the psalm was written out of David's experience of learning about the importance of having a repentant heart after he committed adultery. So he learned real quick. And there's several things that come with this. Even when we sin and we repent, sometimes the consequences, well, all the time, the consequences are still going to be there. When you sin, actions have consequences. And sometimes just saying you're sorry doesn't fix things. doesn't fix things because sometimes it's like a domino effect. It causes all these other things to happen that you didn't count on happening or we didn't count on happening. So that's why it's so important to only say what you hear your father saying. You understand? We'll get into this because when we refuse to confess our sins, the Lord must bring us to repentance. And the longer we wait, the more miserable we become. It also means the more detriment we store up for ourselves, the more dominoes are stacking up against us if we wait to repent. And I'm just saying, too, I mean, go back to this first statement. Even though you repent, and you can't get into the habit of repenting and thinking, you know, and keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again, thinking God's not going to take notice. He's keeping record of all this. Because the more you do it, the further you fall away from God. And the further you fall away from grace, that means if you don't have grace around you, there's nothing there to protect you. You're falling away from it, right? Because God sees all that we do and he keeps a record of it. Did you know that? Yeah, so all these people getting caught up in witchcraft prayers and, and speaking cursings over people and speaking death over people, do you realize some of that stuff you can't take back? You activate that, you leave that thing activated, there are consequences for sin. And if things happen because of your mouth, oh my gosh. Mm. So David thought that he could cover his sins on the earth, but he couldn't cover the record that he had in heaven. He couldn't. And we need to remember that the more we try to cover our evil deeds, thinking that there will never be a day of reckoning, those are the people God comes after like a thief in the night. Because those are the people that are acting like Satan acted in heaven. Trying to be their own little G, thinking 
that'll never happen to them. It's always going to happen to the next guy. Oh, God would never do that to me. I'm operating in grace. Have you noticed what time it is? I can feel some of your emotions right now. You're like, I thought the same thing when I heard this. I thought, oh my gosh, he's coming in close. How can we expect him? We've never walked here before. But how can we expect God not to do something about sin if he's coming close to our vessels? He has to. When holiness comes in the room, everything's ignited. Everything is lightened up. He sees it all. He has to judge it if he's coming near it. And it doesn't align with kingdom. So if you're one of these people that makes excuses for your evil, then you're already in God's crosshairs. And God's not an evil dad. You're right. He's Or a punishing dad. He's not. But he is a loving dad who will always discipline those he loves. That's a good dad. That's a good dad. I'm not the one, I'm not one of these types that's looking for God to beat up people upside the head. But I, I do respect him enough to know that if he's telling me to do something or to quit doing something, I stop doing it. Stop doing it. Correct it. Course correct, repent, move on. And let him teach you a better way. Lest we be like David and have to pay the consequences where David's whole household paid for his sin. Did you know that? So this brings us, as we wrap up today, to Proverbs 21, 5 through 7. And I want to thank you for joining the 15-minute read today. I'm Dr. Missy. Hope you join me again on Tuesday. Uh, we do these on Tuesdays and uh, Fridays. Trying to rev you up for the week and rev you up for the weekend. But I hope you enjoyed the message. But yeah, you know, it's important right now, as we're in this critical hour, if we're wanting to get the results we're asking God for, we're only going to say what we hear our Father saying, which makes us effective prayer warriors as we try to do and move into kingdom. So this is what Proverbs 21, 5 through 7 says, and it says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit, as surely as haste leads to poverty. A fortune made by a lying tongue is as fleeting as a vapor in a deadly snare. The violence of the wicked will drag them away, for they refuse to do what is right. I think that pretty much speaks for itself, and it kind of wraps everything up in a nutshell about the whole conversation today and how important it is to only say what you hear your father saying. And, you know, it's interesting because the other day I was talking to one of my dear friends. She's also our our board, our chairman of our board, and the first thing out of her mouth, because I was telling her, I was like, so-and-so, do you do you feel this atmosphere right now? <laughs> this atmosphere is pretty intense. And the first thing she said out of her mouth, she said, Missy, watch your words. Watch your words. She said, as fast as we're praying things, we're getting what we're praying and saying. Just that fast. And I thought, oh my gosh, she's right. Because of the way that the results we've been getting in our prayer group, in our prayer time, and our teams. And so... I was just like, oh my gosh, okay, so I knew it was a word from the Lord. But this is a very, very serious time that we're walking in right now. And I think it's because for those people that have been obedient, hello, Tamara, for those people who have been obedient and they've stepped into that new place, you're feeling that presence of God's strength. God the Father now. God the Father. Like we've never felt his presence before. And when God the Father shows up on the scene, things are fixing to happen. Things are fixing to happen. I hope you're encouraged today. I am Dr. Missy Hood again. Uh, this is the 15-Minute Rev. I do these on Tuesdays and Fridays. 
I had them on Mondays, but I changed them to give you kind of some time through the weekend to do your own thing. You know what? And people are, are so, I think right now, and I do want to encourage you too, because I know people are tired right now. They're exhausted. I cannot express the, the, the statement of being exhausted, but I do want to encourage you because you're heading into the head of the year and the head of the year takes you into your new doorway of strength, but you don't have to wait for that. Jesus lives in you. Jesus is in you. John 10, 7. All you have to do is ask him. He's the doorway for the sheep. Ask him, Lord, let me come in through you and get in that new doorway of strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's what he's telling us. He's showing all this, all these new ways to come up higher and faster and stay with him and in align with him. And so I just want to encourage you to do that. You're right on track. For those of you who have been tracking, you're, you're right in alignment. And if this is resonating with your spirit, then most likely you're moving right along as you should be. So with that, hope you have a good weekend. I'm going to go grab myself some Mexican food. Hope you will too. <laughs> do something. Go do something fun tonight. Go do something for yourself. But I hope to see you on Tuesday. But until then, I'll see you guys. I love you. Bye-bye.